Hello, everyone. Welcome to Realities of Historical Mistrust on COVID, a podcast that seeks to understand multiple perspectives on the COVID-19 pandemic and the histories of mistrust that have informed the sentiments of vaccine hesitancy and medical mistrust observed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we are with Oliver Johnson as someone who's lived through various civil rights and social movements. So hello, Oliver Johnson. Can you please tell me a bit about yourself, where you're from, when you were born? Okay. I'm Oliver Johnson. Uh, I was born July 27th, 1944 in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Been in Michigan all my life. Uh, I identify as African-American black male. Growing up, like what was your, I guess, family role? I'm aware that you had a lot of siblings. You come from a relatively big family. So talk through me a little bit what that was like. Okay. I was 15th in my family. I was 15th of 20 children. I had a uh, Older sisters and brothers. I was the seventh son, one of the younger ones growing up in this large family. Now, switching a little bit, what was the first vaccine you remember getting? How old were you? Like, what was the vaccine and what was the setting around you receiving it? Okay. Uh, I remember getting my first vaccine when I was uh, about in first or second grade in the 1950s. It was a new polio vaccine. It had just came out, created by a physician by the name of Dr. Jonas Salk. And at that time in, in the Benton Harbor school system, we had uh, nurses and doctors and dentists assigned to each uh, school. So, uh, and they gave us a uh, vaccine to all the children in the school system. So I was one of the first ones to receive it in the United States. And how did you feel specifically about this vaccine and receiving the vac- a vaccine in general? And- and then how did your family feel about it? I know that the polio vaccine was a huge thing. It was a huge deal that many people were excited about having a vaccine for that. It was a huge thing. And it was pretty much accepted by, you know, uh, pretty much by, at large, by the community. Uh, because everybody had to have it and had to get it, you know. There was really uh, not like no choice that I had, you know, say hey, yay or nay at that time. And uh, it was very... Uh, they came in in the school system and they, uh, like I say, gathered us all together and gave us shots. They had there were five different elementary schools in Benton Harbor at the at that time, and uh, everyone from grades kindergarten through sixth grade received the shot. And what was access to vaccines like for Black people in general and and people in your community like when you were growing up? Well, vaccines. Uh, were pretty much readily available because, uh, like I said, uh, I lived in a community, uh, integrated community, uh, and whatever medical treatment uh, that was received by us in the community was received by all of us, black and white. Now, what were the community attitudes surrounding doctors in the healthcare system or the hospital when you were growing up? Did people trust doctors? Did people mistrust doctors? And how did polio vaccine and, and uh epidemics such like that influence people's perception of the medical systems? Well, at that time, being young, I didn't have too much of a knowledge about a lot of things that I learned later on about treatment of uh, Black people as related to their treatment in the, in the medical system. Uh, it was pretty much accepted. We were, uh, we had no qualms about, you know, receiving medical service and they had no qualms about, you know, giving it to us. So that was, it was a uh, situation where uh, 
we felt like we were neglected or denied anything. And there was a, a system of trust. Were you or your family members ever mistreated by doctors or healthcare systems or like dissatisfied with a doctor's visit or how you were treated? Uh, I wasn't, uh, I don't think anybody in my family was ever mistreated. Although, uh, as I say, as I grew up, I became more aware of social history and relationship between Blacks and the medical system. So, um, and at at and understanding that it became very uh, you know concerning to me as a, a young man going through the to question everything as I got older. So, how did becoming aware of of those realities did did that change your perception of healthcare systems and vaccines and science, or how did that influence things? Well, you know, as you become older, more aware of you know what was happening and how it occurred. It was very shocking to understand that basically in the medical system, we as Black people were treated as guinea pigs, pretty much more or less in terms of uh, vaccines and uh, different kind of medical treatment experimented upon. So my uh, uncles and uh, cousins uh, who were from the South, you know, I like I was first generation. Uh, I mean, my siblings were all born up North except for my older brother was born in the South. Uh, we we uh, didn't seem to have uh, any knowledge or under, misunderstanding or understanding about the medical system until later on after I got in college and began to you know, become more aware of the treatment of Blacks in the medical field and the mistrust that Blacks had around going to doctors. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, you had a lot of people who would do home remedies and going to the doctor was really a life resort because that's what a lot of black people do. They try to treat themselves at home through homo uh, types of uh, homo therapy types of situations and 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 uh, medicines. What do you think was the disease outbreak or epidemic that defined your generation? I think you spoke a little bit on this earlier. I think the most common in our life was, uh, like I say, the polio uh, e- epidemic, and uh, of course, there's always influenza, which occurred on a yearly basis, and I really didn't understand how much that impacted upon the health of a lot of people because a lot of people used to die of the flu. I mean, they would actually get get, get a cold and, you know, actually die. Uh, and, uh, of course, there was, uh, we had things like the chicken pox and the mumps and the measles, which were uh, a common thing among kids going, growing up in my, in my generation. But uh, it was a polio vaccine that uh, really was the one that stood out couple of classmates who had polio and it was crippling. Being in this uh, community that's, it sounds like it was central, a lot of the information you received was surrounding the school system. What was Mm -hmm. the primary mode of education and communication around diseases and things like vaccines and kind of world or or national epidemics that needed to be addressed? How did people find out about things? Were they broadcasted on the news? How would someone uh, find out about this and, and know that it was important okay most of the time you know it comes through uh was broadcasted through uh on the news and in the newspapers we used to have you know a lot of newspaper coverage back then and uh it would be uh conveyed uh, by newscasters you know on the radio that you know we had a certain type of uh epidemic that was occurring and People needed to get, you know, vaccinated. 
would you say that generally people were more trusting of news sources that they received back then? And why do you think they were more trusting, uh, if if so? I don't know if it's more trusting as, as, as it was uh, a situation where uh, people, I guess they were more trusting because, you know, it was like, okay, this is something that, you know, that had to be done. And, you know, we believe that, you know, we had to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there in line, you know, okay, we'll, we'll follow along with the masses. Switching notes again uh, to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you get the COVID vaccine? And if so, what made you decide to get it? Yes, I got the COVID vaccine uh, as soon as it was available to me. And what made me decide to get it was uh, in seeing that uh, how it, you know, was rapidly spreading so fast and and, and uh, affecting so many people across the population, you know, something that I felt I had to do. Plus I had, a, I'm a diabetic and I had an immune system where, you know, it was compromising. So it was to my benefit and better judgment to, you know, go ahead and get this vaccine. And when you, and before you got it, were you confident that it would work? If so, why, if not also why? Well, I didn't know if it would work, but, you know, I knew not getting anything wasn't going to work for me either. So it was, it was that situation, you know, to try to put myself in a position where I would be better prepared to uh, be medically treated than not medically treated. Did I trust the situation? Did I trust the uh, the vaccine? Yes, to a certain extent. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. I, I believe the, I believe the, and I can see the effects that it had on people. Even in my family, uh, we found out that a couple of my nephews who died uh, and the symptoms that they were told, we were told about and the conditions that they had were later identified as those of a person who had COVID. They didn't have the medical uh, treatment that they needed to have to combat the disease, so they, they died. Now, thinking generally on the past couple of years in the COVID-19 pandemic, in what ways do you think the pandemic at large, not just the sickness itself, has affected your life? Oh, it's affected my life tremendously because, like I say, I've had a, a number of people in my family who were direct, uh, directly died as a result of the COVID uh, pandemic. And it has uh, made me be very cautious and concerned about, you know, health, uh, the public in general. I don't go out and mingle in large crowds anymore. Now, jumping back to your confidence in the mechanisms and tools of prevention during the COVID-19 pandemic and your trust in those that they would work, how do you think your lived experiences of going through the polio epidemic and other uh, disease epidemics and vaccines, the emergence of vaccines, how do you think that has informed uh, your perspectives um, uh, on the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I tell you, uh, like I said, when I was younger, going through uh, the polio uh, epidemic, and, and you know, something that uh, I didn't question because uh, I didn't know how to question it at a young age like that. You know, something that we had to receive that they said it was necessary, so we took it. Uh, with this uh, COVID nineteen, uh, I can understand the reluctance of a lot of people to uh, not want to get vaccines because we had a situation where there wasn't a lot of information given about 
what this COVID uh, epidemic was and, you know, and how to deal with it as best we could. Because at first, I think uh, there was so much denial and so many uh, anti-stories in and around, you know, what it was and uh, what it could do. I think it, it, for me, you know, it came down to a situation where, you know, I wanted to be healthy as I, as I could. And what could I do to maintain, you know, good health? In this situation so for me it was a a no-brainer to go ahead and prepare myself and the best get the best medical help i could possibly get to mm -hmm. get the, the disease well thank you so much for joining me today mr oliver johnson uh that is that, those are all the questions i had prepared and i really appreciate your time and your perspectives thank you and i'm glad to be here